0: Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life in the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Hello and welcome to NY at Home. Man, we are so excited that you have joined us today right there at the comfort of your home, coffee shop, beach, wherever you are, gathering together with your bubble to experience this worship um, encounter. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment right now, get everyone that's there in your bubble on their device. Would you do that? Get them on their device. I know you're probably watching on a TV together or watching on a computer screen together. Wherever you're watching from, I want you to join together. Why get on your device? This is why. So that you can engage with the rest of of the community. I was so excited talking to a group of individuals, giving them a and A uh, this past week. And I found out there are people who are literally from different parts of the world that are tuning in to ANWA at home. And uh, many of them say, hey, I jumped in and I've just been going through all of the content that's available on YouTube. So I'm super excited that you all are here. And I want you to say hello to some people in the comments, say hello. You see some people there, you know, you don't know. Say hello, it's good to see them. And we're getting ready to jump into the word. Matter of fact, let's take a moment, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy, your grace towards us. We invite your presence into this gathering today. We believe you, Lord, that Lord, you're going to give revelation and understanding, wisdom and knowledge, that your people will arise with great hope to walk into the purposes you have designed for them. Thank you, Lord, for allowing your word to be seated in the souls of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we're gonna jump right into the word. We're going to Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. Again, it's Matthew 16 and verse number 13 is where we're going together. I wanna encourage you to uh, grab your device or grab whatever you're gonna be uh, reading the word on and we're gonna jump into the scripture. The Bible says, when Jesus came into the region of uh, Caesarea, Of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The son of man? And the Bible says in verse 14, so they said, Some say, John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others are one of the prophets. Verse 15, and he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ son of the living God. Verse 17 says, Jesus said to them, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. Remember that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to minister a word to you today entitled Plan A, Plan A. So we have been enjoying uh, the Essential series. a matter of fact, this is the last week of the Essential series. I want you to draw, drop an aww in the comments right now. Just everybody do that real quick, drop an aww in the comments real quick. This series has been so impactful for me. I, I believe I've heard so many testimonies from you all, how it's touched your life as well. And we want to close the essential series this week with talking about the church. We want to talk about the local church and the importance of it and how essential it is for the lives that we live today. One of the things that I realize about the church is we look here in, in Matthew chapter 16. One of the things that we see Jesus saying to Peter is that he's going to build his church, build his church on the rock. What rock was he talking about? The revelation of who Jesus Christ is. I love that there's a lot of entities. I don't know that I love this. I know that there's a lot of entities out there worshiping all kinds of gods and having all kinds of churches or gatherings unto this deity or unto a person even or unto an idea. But here Jesus is saying, hey, my church is going to be built on the revelation of who I am. Jesus is. Um, he, He changes everything for everyone that ever encounters him. And our job as the local church is to not lift up our celebrity, not lift up our own names, but to lift up the revelation of Jesus. People become transformed. They become transfigured when they learn who Jesus is and more than who Jesus is, who Jesus is to them and what he did to literally change their lives forever. Jesus has this conversation with Peter, and he says, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. That word church there is the word in the Greek ekklesia. Some people say ecclesia. Uh, uh, most theologians believe it's properly uh, pronounced um, ekklesia. And this is what it means, the called out ones, the called out ones. What are you talking about today, Sherman, called out ones? We're talking about people who have been called out of darkness, called out of bondage, called out of heartache and called in to the everlasting life of God and having the mandate to take that everlasting life and to pass it on to those that are around him and make them aware of it, He says, listen, my church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Why? Because they have the revelation of Jesus. When we have the revelation of Jesus and we build upon the revelation of Jesus we can operate as the Ecclesia, the called out ones, and hell can prevail against us. Now I love that because it reminds me of scriptures like the Bible says that the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. Hell may try whatever it wants to try, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be successful in my life. As a matter of fact, I want you to type into the comments today. I want you to type in, it won't work. Would you just type that in for a moment? It won't work. Whatever the enemy is trying to do, it simply won't work. When we talk about the church, oftentimes people connect the church as a New Testament revelation. Uh, People believe that the church was born in Acts. And and, and for sure, there was a birthing of a movement. But I offer to you today that the church was not born in Acts, but the church was actually born even in the wilderness. The scripture says in Acts chapter seven and verse number thirty seven. It says that this is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me uh, from your brethren. Him shall you hear. Verse 38, this is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness. What is that? He was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai with our fathers. The one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. Please look at this. The Bible says that the congregation, that word congregation there, there's that word again, the ecclesia, the called out ones were even in the wilderness. So the church was not necessarily established. In the New Testament, the church has always been present, even from the wilderness and in the journey of the Israelites. The church was never God's plan B. The church was never God's second idea. She was always God's plan A. One of the most amazing things we get when we connect with the local church Is the power of community. The power of community. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. The Lord God said. It's not good. For man. To be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. This idea obviously was a conversation concerning. Man and the helpmate that was being. Created for him. But it's true nonetheless. To every single one of us. It is never good for us to be alone. We need community. We need community. And I wanna press into that idea of community. And I would like to use a term that we use often here at All Nations Worship Assembly of San Bernardino. Let's use the word tribe. Let's use the word tribe. Let's, let's, let's connect community to the word tribe today. In a local church, an individual connects with a local church they're going to find their tribe. They're going to find their tribe. This is important. What is a tribe? It's a group of people that includes many families and relatives who have the same language, customs, and beliefs. Has the same language, customs, and beliefs. Moses was awakened to his tribe. He was awakened to his tribe. You remember that? Back when uh, Moses was originally... Uh, believing that he was from a certain type of people. He thought that he was of the Egyptians. He didn't even know his whole story of all that he had come out of. But then there was something in him that knew the importance of his tribe, his type, his people, even though he did not have the mental understanding or awareness. And If you remember how the story goes with Moses, he walks in and sees an Egyptian uh, harming a Hebrew. And as the Egyptian is harming the Hebrew, something, again, not necessarily conscious, arises on the inside of Moses. And what does he do? He fights for his tribe. He literally kills the Egyptian that was trying to harm the Hebrew. There's something in us consistently that is reaching for in desiring our, our tribe. So here's the thing to know. Identity is found inside of the context of community. Identity is found in the context of community. We, I believe that we don't fully know who we are until we get to the right body, right? Till we get to the right tribe. And for many of us, when we find community, listen to it, we come alive. We come alive in Christ. A matter of fact, you were made by community for community. I want you to write that down if you're taking notes today. You were made by community for community. Genesis 1 and 26 says, then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. What do you mean? He's saying there, hey, there's a community here, even in the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Ghost. There's a community here, even in the Godhead. There's a community here. You were made for community by community. Are you understanding this? Even the expression of that to our lives. I said something years ago and I just found it um, a statement years and years ago. And here it is it says, Birds flock, fish school, people tribe. I'll say it again Birds flock, fish school, people tribe. What makes the tribe more effective than others is the power of the tribe's culture, the way that they do things and the way that they communicate through their actions, their belief systems, their standards uh, that they have. There was a pastor that took a survey of his church and he asked them um, that if they were created, they were to create rather, or to be an architect of a tribe, um, how would they describe it? So he's talking to his church. He said, Hey, if you were to create a tribe, you would be the architect of a tribe. How would you create, or how would you describe your tribe? Here's some of the things they said. They said, we would describe our tribe that we would create as loving, honorable, peaceful, full of grace, kind, encouraging. Then he, he followed up and he asked him this. He said, if, if you were to describe the way that others looking would describe kingdom tribes or, or churches would describe churches uh, uh, faith communities, what are some of the words you believe that onlookers would use to describe? This is what they said. Brainwashed, cultish, judgmental, fake, close-minded, arrogant, and stagnant. They say if, if people were watching churches, this is some of the things that people would say about them. And I've been in church my entire life, and I would have to agree that some of these words can be used to describe some of the churches around the sermon, why are you bringing up this point? Because we've been designed by God to be difference makers, to really show the idea of what God intended for his church to look like when he created the church, the church that was in the wilderness, the congregation that was in the wilderness, congregation that was birthed and, and that we see coming forward rather in Acts 2. This congregation was never supposed to be the called out ones, We're never supposed to be people that were marked by being judgmental, fake, close-minded, arrogant, stagnant. No, not at all. The congregation, the ecclesia, was supposed to be marked by love. Supposed to be marked by love. I think some of the issues have been that we go to church. That's the problem. We go to church. And why is that the problem, Sherman? Here's why. Because we go to church. And we leave church and that's it. There's a bunch of you watching this either live on the replay, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you got it from. And you go to church online now, most of us virtual, and you leave. But there's another reality. And some of you are already ahead of me. We've got to be the church. We've we've got to be the church. and, And we've got to be a healthy church or a healthy tribe what's a healthy tribe look like? Luke chapter 10 and verse 27 says this. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Please see this. And your neighbor as yourself. If we're going to be kind of tribe, the kind of people, kind of local church that we should. According to the word of God, we've got to be those people who are into loving neighbors. Neighbors is simply not the person that just lives next door to you. Neighbors are literally the people next to you, anyone around you. Can you love the person around you like you you love yourself? And this is important because as you go through your journey of growing and developing in Christ, you've got to go on a good journey of loving yourself. Let's go back the way that he loves you. The Bible says you're going to have a, a capacity, a place, a call to love people as you love yourself. Some of us, we will look at that and realize that we need some growth or development in that area. And I want to caution you in order for you to really operate as the called out ones, the ecclesia, it's going to be important that you go on a journey of seeing yourself the way God sees you. You've got to read up. You've got to spend some time to understand the importance of embracing yourself the way he sees you. He doesn't, he doesn't see uh, your mess ups and he doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't even see your consistent cycles that you've been in. He doesn't mark you by those. He marks you by the idea of the fact that you are his son and his daughter. He loves you no matter what. I love that. He loves you no matter what. So here, let me get, let me, let me, hallelujah. Let me say this prophetically. It's time for you to love yourself no matter what. That doesn't mean you don't change. Doesn't mean you don't grow. Doesn't mean you don't develop. But you need to embrace the unconditional love of God that's flowing towards you, allowing that to flow from yourself to yourself. A a tribe is a tribe that loves. That loves. I think one of the greatest scriptures that we, we find is is if we keep going, Luke chapter ten, we see it in Luke chapter ten in verse number thirty-three. The Bible tells a story there that I think connects with a healthy tribe. Luke ten and thirty-three says, "But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds." Let's stop for a moment. There's a man laying on the ground. He's hurt. He's hurt. you study the story. There are people who walked by, did not attend to the man, did not care for the man, did not give the man any attention. Some even walked and moved on the other side of the street. But we find this man, this Samaritan man, who becomes a picture of what the Ecclesia should look like and what the called out one should look like. He was on his journey. He was on his way somewhere, but he interrupted his schedule And he allowed himself to not only see the man, but see the man. Sherman, what do you mean? A lot of times we see people all the time, but we don't see them. We see them with our physical eyes. We don't allow ourselves to truly see, to see the struggle, to see the issue, to see the problems, the things, the weights that they are carrying. We don't allow ourselves to stop and really see them. Because when you truly see them, you see them through the eyes of Jesus, something's going to happen inside of you. It's called compassion. You're going to be moved with compassion. You know, uh, amazingly, that's when the miracles begin to happen. Remember, Jesus was feeding the 5,000, and uh, we know it's 5,000 plus, right? Because they counted 5,000 men, women and children were there as well. The Bible says the disciples are ready to go. Jesus looks at 5,000, and he's moved with compassion based upon Him being moved with compassion, it was the birthplace of the miracle of the fish and the loaves. Something supernatural begins to happen when we see people, really see them, and allow for the compassion of Jesus to flow through us. Something shifts, something changes, miraculous moments, supernatural moments open up. Verse 34 of Luke 10 says that Samaritan went to him, the man that was there broken, hurt, what does he do he came and he bandaged his wounds i love that he was willing to get his hands dirty he was willing to get his, he was willing to touch someone that technically he was never supposed to really interact with as it relates to cultures he stepped over boundaries and he stepped over lines and walls and he made a decision i'm going to touch the person that everybody else Hallelujah, was not willing to touch. And he pours in the oil and the wine that was used to help deal with his wounds. So I I didn't just see his wounds, but I helped not only bandage his wounds, but I wanted to be able to make his journey a bit easier. He set him on his own animal, right? He used his own resources and brought him to an end, took care of him, took care of him. This is the local church. This is the Ecclesia. Verse 35. And on the next day, he departed and took two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. I'm going to take my own stuff and make sure you're good and make sure he's taken care of. Make sure that he feels this love. So the Bible makes it clear that in verse 37, I love what it says. And he said, he who showed mercy on him. The Bible says, then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. He's telling this story. Jesus is, and he's saying, hey, this is the way that we should all behave. Go and do likewise. Are you paying attention to the, the neighbor? Let's, this, this is what I want to encourage us, all nations, San Bernardino. Let's be accused of loving too much. Let's, can that be our testimony? Let's be accused of loving too much. Being the people who made a decision that we would live out the truth of the Ecclesia in such a way that we would love too much. Now, this is why we're essential. Please hear me. This is why we're essential. Because if we step back, we allow anything like pandemic, which we know is serious, hear me, uh, COVID-19, which we know is serious, hear me, then who goes and touches the people who people are saying should not be touched who goes and cares for them who goes to make sure that they're loved if the ecclesia isn't in action if the ecclesia isn't moving in the love of God the local church is essential is essential first of all because we love one another we become a powerful community that grows and develops but We come together, not for the sake of just loving on each other, but to be deployed to go and love on the world around us. What is the church if the church is just a big love fest on each other? But the church becomes the church, becomes the extension of Jesus Christ because we go and love those outside of our four walls, outside of our community. I'm so proud of our church because you've done that all all throughout the pandemic but this is what i want to charge you to do even though we might have done it as an entity some of us who are watching right now have been hesitant to really love people the way god has created for us to love them and i just don't want us to do it as a congregation and and let's just sit back and say yeah go all nations question at the hour is what kind of personal responsibility are you taking to make sure you on a daily basis are seen as the ecclesia you came to gather You came to gather. You came to connect with the church to go out and to be the church God has designed for you to be. It's your time to go out. I have to read another verse to you. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. I love that. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love, in honour, giving preference to one another. Not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints, being given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another, but do not seek your mind on do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. The Bible makes it clear. Our job is to live out love. Our job is to be who God created us to be, and to operate in that place. There was a. Um, close with this there was a mega church pastor during the seminar he was asked a question during the question the q a how do you prevent your church from getting too big that was the question right let me say this why am i dropping this in here because if you're going to operate in love you're going to draw the masses if you're going to operate in real love the masses are without a doubt coming and we have to be ready to serve those masses and again pull them together to send them out the pastor responded with the question he said does the, or do you ever look at the Red Cross or any other humanitarian organization and hope it stops growing, hopes it stops getting better? The person the question, asking the question the answered no. The pastor said, the question you formed came from the place of, I don't want it to get too big where my needs aren't being met, but your heart should say, I want it to grow so the needs of more people can be met. At the center of everything, man, we've been called to love and to love well. And it's our job to reach as many people as possible with the love of God. We gather in love to take love to the world. The church is essential. when The local church isn't in operation. Community isn't being lived out. People's lives are not being changed at the level they need to be. My management to you today is to go out and love hard, Love like crazy. Love everybody around you that you possibly can as an extension of the Ecclesia. You're God's plan A. We need the local church. Let's support the local church. Let's believe in the local church. Well, friends, we're getting ready to go in to worship. Before we go, I want to encourage you all week long, find as many ways as you possibly can to love on those around you, commit your heart to them, and be the Ecclesia. Be God's. Plan A. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.